Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glicks with my tag team partner, Matt Story. And before we got on, I told Matt the uh, chances of our amateurish podcast sounding even more amateurish today are likely because I'm dealing with a, a myriad of things right now uh, separate from recording that may cause us to have to stop and start. That's all right. We might have to do a part A, part B type of thing, but that's all right. Uh, Matt, the big news out of ASU today is a a significant booster who, as of this afternoon, still had photos on the official Sun Devil Athletics Twitter feed of him with Michael Phelps, etc., has been accused of inappropriately uh, commenting on and touching the wives of ASU Athletics staffers, uh, specifically a former staffer who blew the whistle on this, he's yeah. alleging that he was retaliated against for having blown the whistle, which is how this all became public. Um, I think your text to me is where I'd like to start. This is either going to be something that gets resolved quickly or is going to be an albatross for Ray Anderson. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and, and at this point in time, I think it's too hard to say which one it's going to be. You and I have discussed how some folks are able to put uh, negative things, you know, in their past, just totally behind them, and we kind of just forget. Um, there's a laundry list of them, and then there are some who can't and who don't, and things mushroom. And and uh, you know, I mean, look, Ray Anderson is not accused of of engaging in anything inappropriate or illegal or anything like that but he is apparently accused of sort of wanting to look the other way on it and uh, that's not good Um, and and if that comes out to be a fact and right now it appears there's two sides to the story and there probably is three uh, as as is mostly the case in things like this but if that comes out to be you know well known established fact that you know because this guy was a well known booster he wanted to look the other way on accusations like this, it's going to be hard for him to keep his job. I mean, I may be overstating it. I may be very, 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 very much overstating it. But it also wouldn't be surprising if that ends up being the end result. I mean, you, you, this feels like stage one of a story that could be, you know, four or five stages that ends with him not being here anymore. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that the critical first inquiry is how does ASU Athletics respond to these because one of the things is you know from journalism school when you go to a public school this is disclosed anything that is going on is public information and it can be subject to the freedom of information act the same is true for uh lawsuits now arbitrations are private but lawsuits are publicly filed and public school public lawsuit this story is going to get out and it's going to be in the news locally and and potentially nationally as as we saw from a couple of the twitter yeah i mean it's it's always it's it's always tough to predict what story is going to you know trigger outrage and what story is just going to get ignored and i'm not sure what this one's going to be just yet i mean i could see it going either way um, you know, I, I could see it mushrooming and, you know, by six months from now, Ray Anderson is not in this job anymore, or I could see it just being forgotten. And by two months from now, it's a non-story. They, you know, they settle out of court and this just goes away and it's as though it never happens. Um, I, you know, it's too early in the story to know which direction it's going. Um, uh, you know, 
it's just there's so many stories that I remember that you know you think man this is going to be a big deal and then it turns out to be or you think ooh that could be a big deal and then it turns out not to be um, and so it's early but it, it's concerning um, you know some of the accusations that are thrown around admittedly by one side of the story yeah. are not good for him uh, you know they're, they're not good ASU's response it's funny because it feels like this is a script we're used to now with this sort of thing. Accusations come out. ASU's response is, this guy has a bone to pick. His story's changing. Nothing to see here. Sure, handled sure. it internally. Um, he was going to be removed anyway. He was uh, not a not a strong employee. And, and you know, he, we got rid of him. Nothing to do with this, but he didn't want to go along with what we were doing. And that was that. And, and, and that may be true. And it also may be true that, that what this guy's saying, you know, again, as I said, there's probably three sides to the story. There's there's Dave Cohen's, there's ASU's, and then there's the truth. Uh, there's probably a little truth on each side of the respective stories. Uh, you know, you know, the Dave Cohen is, is painting himself as the knight shining armor, speaking up for women and, you know, bravely taking on the powers that be. And it's like, yeah, you're almost paying yourself too good to be true. But, you know, I mean, I read it with a little bit of skepticism. Um, but maybe he is. I don't know. I mean, I know nothing about it. Um, uh, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know if you remember. I remember a few months ago, Doug Haller wrote a story and made a brief mention of Dave Cohen and how he's no longer associated with the athletic department, but no one knows why. And I remember thinking, that seems fishy. And I guess now we know why. Uh, you know, I didn't know if we'd ever find out. But, uh, you know, I remember that mention thinking, hmm, I wonder what happened there. Well, now we know, I guess. Now we know, and it's not good. Um, it's not great. Yeah, yeah. You know, so the, the other issue with this is the football program has been sort of rebranded in Ray Anderson's image. It's his friends right. at the head coaching and defensive co-coordinator. And that's exactly it. That's why I, you know, especially I me, mean, look, I, the athletic director for a fan perspective doesn't have that much to do with me and you. Um, but we're all excited by where this football program seems to be going, I think. Uh, and and that is in large part because of Ray Anderson and Herm Edwards coming here to work for Ray Anderson and Marvin Lewis coming to work for Herm Edwards and Antonio Pierce and all of that. And, and, and so if the top of that would get cut off, you start wondering, well, uh, does Herm Edwards want to work for a new boss? Probably not, depending on who that boss is. And and then are you looking at it? And not to, I mean, you know, I know it sounds crass to, you know, be like, well, I'm worried about the football program when you have, you know, no, accusations right. I, I of, of, you know, we can sexual assume. misconduct yeah. and whatnot. But we, we can you assume know, for purposes of our conversation the actions of the booster, oh, if yeah. they are as alleged, are wholly inappropriate, and we agree they that it's never sure. happened. We are not here to debate the merits of the accusation right. or anything like that. Right. What we're talking about is the stuff you and I know and care about, which is, exactly. well, if it goes bad, if it goes the way where that Dave Cohen is saying – Right, right, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, where does it go? <laughs> if if Ray Anderson goes, then what? Ha- yeah, I mean, I think especially with football, more than anything, because you're right. I mean, you know, Ray Anderson kind of serves as a de facto, you know, general manager of sorts for He's this football team program. President of the football program. Yeah, yeah. I think you're. Yeah, that's probably a better comparison. You know, and and uh, and 
And so it's, it's uh, you know, it all stems from that. And if that goes, well, then you bring in someone new. And I mean, Herm Edwards has been very, very outspoken about, hey, you know, I was only going to come back for the right job. Uh, and, and, you know, working for Ray was that right job. And, you know, he's an older coach. He doesn't need to keep coaching. You know, he was already out of coaching for a long time. And so, you know, it's like, well, uh, does he want to work for someone else? And then what happens after that? You know, I mean, I'm snowballing it here, but I, I think that's in play. When you absolutely know that ESPN would welcome him back with open arms oh, sure. every year for the bowl championship without, game. Without a doubt, yeah, exactly. I mean, he could have a job at TV tomorrow if he wanted to walk away from football. So, uh, yeah, I mean, and then, you know, all the good things that we feel like we're on the precipice of. And, I, you know, look, again, I am snowball affecting it for sure. There, we are a long ways from any of this happening, but things can happen fast. Reputations can be marked quickly, and jobs can be lost quickly. And you just, you know, it's one of those things that, like, reading that story today was like, you know, you kind of, like, look at it and think, am I reading something that, again, will be, you know, a month from now, we'll look back and say, huh, wonder what ever happened with that? I don't know. Or are you reading something where, you know, six months, a year from now, you'll be thinking, boy, I sure remember where I was when I read that story first broke, and boy, look what happened since. Uh, I, I don't know. You know, too early to say, I guess. Let's pivot to a more positive aspect of uh, ASU athletics. The basketball team swept the Bay Area, and now yes. tonight is hosting the Oregon Ducks. Monster game. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, we talked last Thursday, and I said, this is a huge game, and, and I remember even saying, you know, it's kind of like what you do during football season now. We're at that point where it's like, if you win one, the next one becomes even bigger. Well, we won that one, we won the next one, and now it's, you know, we're, we're facing the team that's tied for the conference lead, just a half game ahead of us. Um, you know, I mean, they're, they were the presumed favorite to start the year. They still are in position to win the conference, although it's a, a jumbled bunch there at the top. But we got a shot. Somehow, some way, we've gone from a team that looked, you know, dead in mid-January, looked like we might struggle to make the NIT, uh, to a team that now, as you texted me yesterday, is consensus in the tournament right now. Now, that could change. Four weeks left before Selection Day. But, uh, you know, we've, we've got a pulse, and it's a strong one all of a sudden. Yeah, my concern is when you go from out to in with the run sure. that we're having – is one, do, do you start reading your press clippings a little bit? And you think, yeah. oh, okay, good, we're in. Well, yeah. You know, yeah. look, we are the underdog tonight against Oregon. But if we lose to Oregon, all is not lost. It is The sky sure. is not falling. However, if we lose to Oregon and Oregon State, the sky starts to get a little crumbly. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, you know, so so four games ago, going into the UCLA USC weekend, I thought we needed to go seven and three, our last ten to have a shot. Well, we, we started that stretch four zero. Um, so you know, I'm almost amending that a little because you don't want to end on a bad note. Um, and I kind of feel like I kind of feel like four and two the rest of the way would put us in a good spot. Um, you know, four and two would get us to twelve and six in the conference. Would get us to twenty-one wins, I believe. I think we're at seventeen now. Um, we'd be, in a, you know, and probably in the top four of the conference. I think could, you know, tiebreakers. Who knows? But maybe that first day by in the tournament, I feel like we'd be in a pretty good spot there, and that would give us eight out of ten to finish. Uh, you know, all of a sudden, seven out of ten doesn't maybe feel like enough because that would mean three and three down the stretch. 
in a stretch that should be fairly manageable. You got Oregon State at home, you got Washington, and Washington State at home. Those are three not very good teams. And then you got UCLA on the road. That's not a great team either. Do you feel like you, know, you need four of those? I, I kind of think yes. Yeah. And obviously, we'll you, you get tonight, but then the math changes again because all of a sudden sure. you have a marquee win. I mean, you get tonight and, and you start thinking about can you win the conference outright <laughs> finish first, which is hard to believe that we're talking about that, but I mean, you'd have a shot. Now, obviously, they, you know, we lost to Colorado in the, in the conference game, so we lose the tiebreaker to them. We split with Arizona, so that one would be, a, you know, come down to other tiebreakers if we ended up tied with them. Um, and we'd have a split with Oregon, too, in that scenario if we win tonight. So we're not necessarily in the driver's seat by any means if we win, but we're in, we're in just, you know, the shape that you start thinking about it as a real possibility. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's early. I don't want to get too ahead of myself, but uh, well, but it, you is know, a, hey. it is a credit to Bobby Hurley, especially in light of our preseason and early season criticism, which is yeah. his teams come out like gangbusters and then they can't yeah. adjust and they sputter and stall. This is yeah, the it is. You know? It is. Yeah, I mean, I, I said it at the beginning of the conference season that I thought, you know, well, maybe, and I said it more out of hope than really belief. Uh, well, maybe this will be the opposite, and we'll get rolling. Well, then at the beginning of the conference season, it didn't really seem that way. We started one and three. We got blown out by Arizona. We lost at home to Colorado, and I didn't last. Probably not. Well, now we've won seven out of eight. The only loss was a you know a last second shot on the road at Washington State. Um, we're finding ways to to win games. Some of them ugly. You know, uh, we haven't been dominant really against anybody except UCLA. UCLA, we did you know beat them soundly. Um, we're not good enough to dominate teams, but we're winning, and so we, we got a we got a shot here. And yeah, I mean, I agree with you though. There, there's you know the, the feeling around the Hurley program the last few years has been you know we haven't handled prosperity all that well, mm-hmm. and now we've got a little prosperity here, winning five in a row, and everybody oh we're going to be in the tournament. Yeah, we're in good shape. So we'll see this weekend how well we handle that. Yeah, you know. What, that uh, the miracle team in Holder's senior year was what thirteen and zero to start. I think something like that, yeah. And then faded from that yeah. point on, uh, you know. And then last year we didn't have as great a non-conference, but we beat Kansas. And then you know what did we do? A week later we lost to Princeton. And then the conference season was a you know we finished second, but it was an underwhelming second. You know, in a bad conference. Um, you know, it was it was not an overly impressive conference season. Um, somehow we got in the tournament both times. I mean, I, I just, you know, like, I'd love to be in the tournament regardless, but I sure, I'm going to say this right now, I hope we're not in the first four again. They're going to rename the, the event after us if we're in it for a third straight year. Yeah, I... Like, let's get in. Let's, I, get a, let's, get, let's just start on Thursday or Friday. How about that? Yeah, I was thinking the same. I, you know, <laughs> we've had a... We've had a modicum of improvement each year. First four yes. loss, right. first four win. Let's make yeah. the field. Let's let's get in the sixty four and uh, let's just wait. Let's just wait till Thursday or Friday. We can go to our site. We can have our open practice, all that good stuff. Uh, that'd be nice. Right now, I know Lenardi's got us his last four buys. Uh, we'll see. You know, long way to go. Lots of, of machinations to come. Um, but if we keep winning. We should be in pretty good shape, which, you know, again, four weeks ago, I did not think we'd be having this conversation. 
no. I thought, you know, we'd, we'd probably be about to tune out this season and, you know, well, can we host an NIT game? You know, that type of thing. And uh, the season has flipped. Um, really, that Arizona game was kind of the trigger. You know, I mean, we were two and three in the conference and looking like we were on our way to get blown out in that game and turned it around, won it, split the next weekend, and now have won four straight after that. Yeah, for sure. Um, I I want to stay with ASU Athletics just a little bit more. Uh, I know you saw it. The, a very good Doug Haller story on, on Marvin Lewis. Um, yeah, I'm going to read that. Yep. And, you know, a Q&A about how he came in, that he wanted to go to the NFL. That wasn't just a show interview. But he's here now. He's all in. And did you get the sense like we talked about a couple weeks ago, that everyone's on the same page. We're just holding this spot so that Pierce can take it. I mean, it, that's what it sounded like to me, kind of. is he's just, kind of. I'm here to, to help Antonio Pierce install the defense, get the terminology down. Uh, and, and then hand the reins over, maybe yeah. as soon as 21. Yeah, I, I did get that sense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I get the sense from both the Q&A today with Marvin Lewis and the one a couple weeks ago with Herm. That you know, they they both believe, and maybe Marvin Lewis believes it because Herm believes it. That Antonio Pierce is is the heir apparent to the throne here, um, you know, or or at least the heir apparent to somewhere else. That you know, they believe Antonio Pierce when he leaves here, if he leaves here, would be to go be a head coach somewhere, um, and maybe be a head coach here. Um, you know, we'll see. Um, as we talk about being a coordinator is a different deal than being a position coach and recruiter. Um, so it, it, it'll be interesting to see how things go. Um, you know, it's awkward with the whole, you know, Gonzalez leaves and then we were put in white and then white's gone. And, um, you know, I just, I hope it works out as well as, as, you know, we think right now, but yeah, I definitely did get the feeling from that, that, you know, it's, it's about, uh, building Antonio Pierce into, you know, next big thing in the coaching world. It seems like. The other thing to me from that article that, that was interesting, and I think it kind of goes with the timeline and things, uh, first that, that they talked to Chase Lucas and, and basically it sounds like they told him you're not ready to get yeah, through. I noticed that too. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that the goal, if I'm if I'm reading the tea leaves from the from the Herm interview from this interview, what we're talking about here is two Jaden Daniels seasons, and then everybody who's over sixty is gone, and it's Pierce, and it's whatever else happens. It would be shocking. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's always. It's always one of those that, like, you know, we, we, we do this in sports a lot, where it's like, you know, oh, this guy's ready to, you know, he's got one year left, and then one year becomes two, it becomes three and four and five and all, you know. Um, I mean, it's, it's the Brett Favre, you know, you, you lived it. Um, I'm, I'm living it now in Arizona with Larry Fitzgerald. Larry Fitzgerald has come back for one more year, six years in a row. So, you know, you never know what Herb's intentions are, and maybe, uh, you know, we think that, and then it's like, oh, no, I want to keep doing this. Why, why would I go away if things are going well? But, yeah, I mean, it does sort of feel like they've at least set the, the precedent that let's let's get it done now and then let's leave it in good hands. And, you know, I mean, I, I think Marvin Lewis is here for one year. If he, if he can get what he wants, he's here for one year and then he's going to go back to the NFL. I feel like that's what he wants. Now, whether he'll be hired in the NFL, I don't know. 
with his plan. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you on that. I should say one more year if he was here last year. You know, yeah, but, but last uh, year was you know, like last year was a forced hiatus. That yes, you know, yes, yes. This and year it was clear he was trying to go back to the NFL. Yes, and it just yes. didn't work. Now I do wonder for old Norman Lewis as as much as you know he said, yeah, I really those were serious interviews. Did the Redskins and the Cowboys think they were, or is Marvin Lewis, you know, going to become the, the guy who gets used to satisfy the Rooney rule? Danny they, Green, you know, no, they're going to hire someone else. Danny exactly. Green, Art yes. yes, yes. Uh, you know, I'm not sure either of those teams really thought it was serious, but who knows? Maybe they did. Um, but I, I get the feeling that that's where he wants to end up, and, and I get it. He was there for a long, long time, and and it makes sense. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I think it wouldn't be a shock if. You know, Herb is here maybe two, three more years, and if he can accomplish something big in that time, that he'd be ready to hand over the reins. But then again, you know, I mean, he says it. Well, I, you know, I'm in great shape. I feel young. I got energy. Blah 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 blah. Why would he stop doing it? So, who knows? Um, it, you know, it's it's hard to say. But uh, but yeah, I definitely could see that happening. But I, to your point about you know, you got these next two years with Jaden Daniels. I'm on board with that. Like, I'm not, I'm not saying I want the program to, you know, be dead in 2022, but these two years are put up for shut-up time. You, you you know, you said these were the years to focus. You got, you know, we were going to get better recruiting then. We, we got the quarterback, blah, blah, blah. So it's like, okay, I'm totally on board. Let's, let's do it in the next two years, and then we'll worry about the future in the future. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, speaking of worrying about the future in the future – the NFL is going to try to make their players play 17 games and uh, add another team to the playoffs. And, you know, in exchange, they're going to give them an additional half percent of the revenue, which does equate to, you know, millions of dollars being spread across yeah, the Yeah, it's a lot of money. Play. It's a lot of money, yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean, you know, like, I think it's going to happen. I So here, here's my thought on this. You can tell me if you agree or disagree. I don't necessarily love 17 games. I don't think it's necessary, but I felt it was coming, so whatever. I don't think the playoffs needed to be expanded. But more, more than anything else, like, I just don't like the, the outrage that people, you know, like, if you don't like it, stop watching. And most of you are not going to stop watching. Um, you know, if you don't want to watch 14 teams make the playoffs, then stop watching the NFL. By all means, no one's forcing you to. Um, but I will guarantee you that the majority of people that are, you know, whining about it right now, oh, we don't need more playoff teams, will be the ones watching three playoff games next year on Saturday and then three more on Sunday, and then probably going on Twitter to whine about the officiating or the coaching or something like that. But nonetheless, they'll be watching. I'm sure they'll be watching. I, you know, I, I will take the alternate stance of you. I don't like it. I, I think it's dumb. I will now root for the Packers to be the one seed only. Uh, yeah, I mean, and, and, I, and I don't hate the idea of the one seed being more important. Uh, you know, like, I'm okay with that. Uh, you know, again, I don't necessarily think it was needed. Like, if, if you asked me, if you came to me and said, do you think we need two more playoff teams? No. Well, but you're do now I think drifting, it, it hurts the product much? I, I don't. You're, I really you're, don't. You're I, now drifting dangerously close. You've got almost half the league making the playoffs. I think yeah. the NFL is going to start looking a lot like bad NBA, where the last team in is going to be under 500. And under yeah, an 82-game schedule, it's going to be a you know 16 or 17-game schedule. 
Right. And, and see, that's the thing is, is, you know, the NBA, yeah, you're right. I mean, the season is a long slog and, and the early games don't feel like they matter much. I don't think football's going to feel that way with 17 games versus 16. I don't think it's a tangible difference. Um, you know, I don't, I don't love 17 games, but I've just accepted that it's probably going to happen. And probably 10 years from now, we'll go to 18. Uh, that's my guess is, you know, they'll put in 17 and then it'll be, well, what's one more? Why not? Let's get to 18 where they want it all along. They're just playing the long game. Um, I think that will happen eventually. And, and you know what? Like, there's some things I think that can be done with these 17 games to make it work well. You know, give everybody two bye weeks. I'm on board with that. And then one of those bye weeks should be your essentially your mini bye where you play on Thursday the week after. So no one plays a short week Thursday game anymore. Like that would that would drastically, I believe, improve the quality of Thursday night football if you had teams coming off, you know, eleven days rest versus four. Yes, I think that is true. I, I you know, I think you could do that. I don't see why you couldn't. Um, and, and then, you know, maybe everybody plays an international game or a, or a neutral game, you know, something like that. That way you can have your whole, you know, build the brand, blah, 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 blah. Again, I find it a little lame, but it is what it is. Um, and, and then there's a little bit more equity in that, too. You're not just sending eight teams to London. You're sending every team wants to either London, Mexico, Germany, Brazil, wherever they want to go, which I'm sure there's a bunch of places they can dream of, of, you know, invading and making the NFL world domination. Yeah. I I think that the jury is out on this. I, I saw the Packers offensive tackle, David Bakhtiari, did not like yeah, the I deal. Uh, it I saw. Seems like, it seems like he could be convinced with either money or just yeah. sticking with 16 games. Yeah, but I don't think the 16 games is going to happen. And and I, I mean, I'm not a big, so I'm not a, I'm not a Mike Florio fan in the least. I find him arrogant and pompous and annoying. But he's he's had a lot to write on this, and I and I kind of think he's right in this case that this is the deal you're going to get, and maybe not even as good a deal in 16 months when your back's against the wall and the season's about to start and you're about to miss games if you lock out. And so might as well just take it now. Uh, you know, I mean, they proved in 2011 they don't really have the stomach to miss games and miss checks. And I don't think that's changed. And so if you're going to end up taking a deal like this, maybe even a slightly worse version in August of 2021, just take it now. You know, like, I mean, and I think that's what's going to end up happening. That's my guess. Well, and this is also how the NFL has won. The way the owners sure. did this was they, they guaranteed – in 2011, they guaranteed that they would get paid from the networks even right. if no games happened. Right. And because right. they got yeah. that ter- term in the deal, they never have to worry about the players not showing up because right. the money is not from ticket sales. As much as I'd like to think that it's ticket yeah, sales and concessions, it's TV. Right. That's all that really TV matters. TV is the, is the goal, and that's why there's an extra playoff game coming or two extra playoff games because TV is going to go nuts over, you know, a uh, Two playoff, two more playoff games on the first week. They'll love that. You get more money from NBC, and Fox, and ABC, and CBS, and ESPN, and whoever else. YouTube, uh, Facebook, Twitter. Exactly. Yeah. You know, the seventeenth game is is all money. It's all money. Um, you know, Michael Bidwell can cite his anecdotal evidence all he wants that you know the fans are in favor. They want more. Games. And no, I don't think that's true. Uh, but do I think fans will watch an extra game? Yes. Will I? 
Yeah. I mean, if I'm being honest, um, you know, when in, when week 18 or 19, whatever it is, and there's playoff birds on the line and seating on the line, I'll be watching just like I do in week 17 now. And, and so it's, you know, I, I don't think it's going to hurt the product I, and, and they'll make more money, you know, because again, more, more, uh, product, more revenue, more TV dollars, and there's more money in the owner's pockets and that's what they want. And then they can convince the players, Hey, we'll put more money in your pockets too, which they probably will. Uh, and, and so ultimately I think that they're going to, you know, take the deal and maybe not be happy about it. It's the old, uh, you know, liar, liar, you know, bend over and take it up the tailpipe. That's probably what you're going to do. Uh, finally, before we go, the last thing on the docket is the Houston Astros. Uh, Rob Manfred has made it worse. And and my my favorite take on all of this was last year, Rob Manfred said Mike Trout's not a star because he's boring and he doesn't yeah. want to talk. Well, Rob Manfred found a way to get Mike Trout to talk to the media. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I suppose. I suppose. I suppose. Um, okay, so I'll, I'll say I'll say one thing here, and 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 I thought it, but Dan Patrick has mentioned it a couple days in a row now, and I know that Tony Clark had to come out. Like all this player outrage about you need to, you know, you didn't punish these guys enough. Let's see these guys go to their union and say, stop defending them, stop making making it that they can't be punished. You know, it's easy to say to the media, we think things should be worse. But it's your union that's the reason that there aren't these punishments. I mean, Rob Manfred doesn't want to do it. and they, He doesn't want to do it? I don't think he can. And, well, I mean, and Tony really, like, Clark's not going to let him. No, uh, but, but and that's my, it. my point is, this is one of the few times where they are uh, – their specific interests are aligned. Now, yes. I think that yes. if you – if Tony Clark wanted to call a union vote – there would be enough support because there is enough outrage that they could make a deal allowing suspensions related to this. Yeah, yeah. But he's and, not going to call the vote. Exactly. And that's the yeah, point. See, that would be, I'd like to see that happen. You're probably right. It's not going to because that would be, okay, let's put your money where your mouth is. Well, you know, we because are, it's, easy to, it's easy to say we want, we want harder punishments. Well, your union is the reason that those punishments aren't going to exist. That's just the way it is. Well, and what we are waiting for, what we will see, is a Jason Stark, Ken Rosenthal, Tim Kirkman, Buster Olney. Someone yeah. is going to pull 100 players or 200 players. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it will be interesting to see on an anonymous vote who will say that they opposed this rule change. Exactly. Because I'm sure there's a fair amount of them that do, because it could be them next. You know, I mean, that's the way that's the way unions operate. Is you know, well, we're going to defend this guy because boy, what if they come after you next? And and you'll get people to, to say, yeah, you're right. So I, you know, while it's while it's all well and good for Cody Bellinger and Nick Markakis and Mike Trout to to be you know talking to the media, well, are you going to your union and saying do anything about it? Open it up, you know. Let's let's okay. Maybe maybe it's too late to do anything about these guys, but let's put in rules. Let's let's collectively bargain right now rules to prevent this from happening again. And then, if someone does it, then there is something on the books for how to suspend and how to punish them. But you know, again, show me. It's easy to talk. 
it's it's not as easy to actually you know initiate some action. Maybe they will. Maybe I'll have to eat these words. But you know, right now I'm I'm a little bit tired of hearing everybody flap their gums and like you know, okay, do something about it then. Um, I what I wonder, and there's obviously there's always if there's a will there's a way with things like this. Sure. What I wonder is if you wanted to change the rules now, could you? Like, if, could you just say because because part yeah, of the, I I, you know my my view on this is I'm not sure this was the subject of the bargaining, so therefore I'm not was. so therefore yeah. I'm not sure that you know Manfred couldn't have done it. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I guess I don't know, know where I don't know where the reserve clause is. Is it reserved right. to him? Is it reserved to the players? But yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, according to what he has at least somewhat said, maybe not directly said, you know, um, you know, I, I'm my hands are tied. Basically, I, uh, you know, this there's no there's no rule in place to do anything about it. So tough luck. Um, and and you know, maybe he's right. I think he should have been probably more forceful on that PR spin. Get out there and say, look, I did the best I could. You know, point the finger at Tony Clark. Point the finger at the players. Uh, you know, what, like what I do, man. You know, I did what I could, and and you know, it's it's because of the union that I can't punish him anymore. So you know, and then the, then the anger can be pointed that way. That's that's probably where he went wrong here more than anything else. Yeah. You know, at least in winning the PR game, which is half the battle, sometimes more than half. Um, uh, you know, he certainly did not do himself any favors with the whole you know calling the trophy a piece of metal. Uh, that was, you know, his idea, I, I'm totally in agreement with. Vacating a title is stupid. I've said it, I'll say it a hundred times in a row. It does nothing. But the way the phrasing was bad. Like, it just, you know, that that's that just opens yourself up to easy criticism. Well, it's exactly it. what Justin Turner said. The only thing wrong yes. with the trophy is that it's the commission's yes. trophy. Right, right. I mean, you know, the, the phrasing is just really bad. Like, I mean, to me, should have to me, what he should have said was... Look at college sports and look at how many titles and Final Fours and bowl games and whatever have been vacated. And has it done anything to deter people from cheating? It hasn't. So it really doesn't do any good. Like that, we don't have to be hypothetical about this. It's real. Chaos. He's with me. He's with me. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, you're making good points. The dogs don't like it. I think they're, no, I think they like it a lot. I, that's the I'm going to interpret it differently. I think they're like, yeah, that's right. Stupid. Don't vacate a title. Waste of time. Yeah. No. Maybe you're right. Maybe that was a a very supportive part. Uh, that's how I heard it. I heard it as like, yeah, right on. Maybe Preach maybe on. we'll do our first Twitter poll and ask that. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I don't uh, know. I was making a strong point, and they just backed me up. So I feel like that was you know that was agreement. But you know, we'll never really know. Yeah. Well, you let us know what you think. Send us uh, your social media, your carrier pigeon, what have you. Until next time, he's Matt. I'm Ben. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast.